So our scripture lesson this morning is going to come from uh, a verse that I read last week, and I want to read it uh, today again and for the next few weeks. It's, it's kind of our anchor verse for this series that we're starting here in the new year. And so, like I mentioned earlier, there's something powerful when, when God's people are, are focusing on a specific part of, of God's word and a specific part of God's promise uh, to God's people. And so, uh, so this, is, this is one of those words, this is one of those promises. And so um, I wanna ask you to do something. I know, I know we all just sat down, but if you're able and if you're willing, I'd love for you uh, to stand one more time uh, as we read God's word together, just out of, out of reverence, out of an act of worship. And uh, I wanna invite you, the words are gonna be on the screen. Uh, I want us to read this together and, and hear together God's word for us today. This is Jeremiah chapter 17, verses seven through eight. Read this with me. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. This is the word of God for the people of God. And so we say, thanks be to God. Now, before you sit down, just turn and say good morning to somebody and then you can have a seat. How about that? as I mentioned last week, we started this new series called Life Goals. Uh, these, uh, a way for us to start the new year uh, looking forward to something. And, and we talked a little bit about how a lot of times at the beginning of the year, we have these things called New Year's resolutions. But, but what I'm encouraging us, challenging us to do is to look beyond simply New Year's resolutions. We talked about uh, something that I call uh, New Year's Revelation. And we talked about the differences between New Year's resolutions and a New Year's Revelation. And the, and the basic, basically the main difference is a New Year's resolution has to do with, with me, what I can do or can't do. The focus is on uh, is what I need to do or what I need to not do. And there's nothing wrong with that, uh, but I'm just kind of challenging us to look beyond that. Uh, that's what a resolution is. A revelation has to do with uh, the focus is on who God is, what God is doing, how, what God wants to do, what God can do. So instead of trying to figure out uh, what we need to do or not do in the new year, I was challenging us to, to, to really think about what God is doing and, and where God is moving in our lives and in our life together. And when we do that, it's a, it's a, it's a slight shift in our perspective, but I think it ha can have a big impact because when we do that, then, then I think what we need to do or not do becomes clear. We need to move in the direction uh, that, that gets us closer to Jesus, to closer, closer to God and closer to what God is doing in our lives and in our midst. Uh, last week I shared with you uh, one of my favorite pastors, Andy Stanley, has a book called the, the principle of the path. And, and in that book, it talks about uh, the principle of the path is basically this direction, not intention, determines 
destination. In other words, we're never going to get where we want to go by simply wanting to go there. We have to be going in that direction. I gave you the analogy of, you know, if we want to go to Nashville, but we're headed in the direction of Chattanooga, we're never going to get to Nashville as much as we might want to go to Nashville, right? Uh, There has to be a turning and going in that particular direction. And one of the beautiful things about the grace of God is that God always allows us to turn towards him. He's always inviting us to come and follow him, to come and see, uh, to come and get on this path that leads to life. And no matter where we are, no matter where we've been, no matter how off track we've gotten, God's grace said, there is still a path for you to come and follow me. And so that's the good news of God's grace, that God invites us all the time to come and, and follow him. And then it's not just about, it's not about our willpower. It's about God's will and God's power to do in and through us things that we could never do in and through uh, ourselves and our own strength. And so that's, that's the beauty of, of a New Year's revelation as opposed to just New Year's resolution. So the question I left us with last week was, was what direction are you headed? And, and is it the way you want to go? And if not, are you ready here at the beginning of the year to turn and go God's way, the way, the path that leads to life? And so that's the, that's the question that I want us to dig into a little bit more today is if, if that's what we want, if that's where we want to go, uh, then, then how do we get there? If direction determines destination, and our destination is, is wherever Jesus is leading us, wherever Jesus is moving in our lives and in our life together to transform us into the people and, and the church that, that God's created and called us to be, then how do we get there? How do we get closer to Jesus so that we can become more like Jesus in our lives and in our life together? We talked a little bit last week about uh, one word. I shared with you my one word is persevere, but, but the word that we have for the church this year is this word life. What does it look like for us uh, to, to be life-giving people in, in a life-giving church as we experience the life of Christ in our life, abundant life, eternal life, life together? So if that's our word, then uh, what do we need to do to get on that path and to stay on that path that leads to life? So that's what I want to talk about today for a few minutes and for the next few weeks. There are actually three things that I want to share with you that I think are going to help us do that. Uh, We're going to talk about what it looks like to allow God's revelation uh, to give us three new things in the new year. Uh, And the three things are that they're printed on your sermon notes if you want to follow along. I believe God's revelation gives us a new perspective on life. God's revelation gives us new priorities in life. And God's revelation gives us new practices for life. These are all things that I believe if we follow along uh, this path, these are gifts that God has given us to help us uh, continue on that path that leads to life. And so I want to start with the first one today. And I want to tell you a little story. This week I was... Uh, having a conversation over coffee with a couple of our staff members. And uh, they were sharing with me about how they had recently uh, had a, a procedure uh, to remove cataracts from their eyes. Maybe you've had that procedure done before. Or you know someone that has. Uh, I didn't really know a lot about it, so I was asking a lot of questions. And they were telling me just how amazing it was for them. What an incredible difference that this procedure had made in their lives. One of them said uh, they had forgotten how bright and brilliant all the, the colors were around them. That, that doors and windows and walls and trees and things just looked totally different to them after they'd had this, this procedure done. 
and, and words on street signs. One, one of our staff members said, I just, I've just found myself reading all the signs on the side of the road now because I can. And, and the signs themselves look so different. And they were going on and on about how, what a game changer it was. And so, uh, so I asked about the procedure too. Like what, what happens when you have this kind of surgery? And, and they said, well, well, basically it's because this stuff builds up on, on the lens of your eye. And they, they said it's, it's so subtle and it happens so slowly over, over years that you don't really realize just how bad it's gotten, how, how dark and dirty the lens of your eye has become. And so what the doctor does is the doctor goes in and, and takes out the old lens and replaces it with a new lens. And, and when you get that new lens, they said it's like, a, it's like a whole new world. It's given them a whole new perspective on life. And after they told me that, you know what I said? <laughs> that's right. I said, that'll preach. And so I got permission to tell that story, and that's exactly what I'm going to do today. Because as I listened to them tell that story, what I heard in the back of my mind were, were the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Listen to this. He tells the church, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly Point of view. Though once we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Isn't that beautiful? In Christ, when we put our faith in Christ, when we, when we make him our Lord and Savior, when we give him control of our lives, we, we become a new creation in Christ. It's a game changer. Everything changes from that point. It says, from now on, we are no longer able to look at ourselves or anyone or anything else the same way. Our, our lens has been more than just cleansed. It's been replaced by, by something new. We are part of God's new creation in Christ now. So the question I want to ask you this morning is, what lens are you looking at the world through right now? And, and, and what would it look like for you to embrace this idea of being a new creation in Christ? What would that look like for you in this new year? Not, not looking at yourself or anyone or anything else from a worldly point of view any longer, but seeing things through the eyes of Christ, looking at things from God's point of view, God's perspective. I think it could be a game changer. I think it would be a whole new world for us. And so I think that's what, what, what the challenge for us is today. That's the title of my message today is how to have a new year's perspective. Uh, what would it look like for us to have a new perspective in light of, of what Christ has done and is doing and wants to do in our lives and in our life together? Uh, just like the the principle of the path, direction determines destination. Uh, I came up with something this week I'd like to call the principle of perspective. And, and it goes something like this. Where you stare is where you steer. Okay? Where you stare is where you steer. Where you look is where you lean. Where you, well, I'm gonna stop there. You get the picture, right? <laughs> But it's the same thing when I talked about, you know, last week Andy Stanley gives that picture of the road, right? We, we're, we're, we're going this way, but we want to go that way. But if we keep going this way, we're going to keep going this way. So we have to turn and go that way, right? Well, well the th same thing is true, right? Let me give you another example of that. We're driving down the road. You've probably been here before. Let's say we're driving to, 
we're driving down I-24 again, right? We're headed towards Nashville, and, and we've got our eyes fixed on Bridgestone Arena because we're going to the Predators game, and we're really excited about it, and nothing could, could distract us or keep us from that, right? But then you've been driving down the road before, and you see something on the side of the road, right? Something catches your eye. Maybe it's, maybe it's that billboard. Uh, you know the one that's got the big cheeseburger from, from Hardee's on it, right? Or maybe it's the big breakfast at Cracker Barrel. And, and, um, and you're in the left lane of the interstate, but you look over there and you see that sign, and pretty soon, before you realize it or not, you're in the right lane, right? And then uh, pretty soon, if you keep staring over there at that sign, you're going to hear that Boy, aren't you thankful that we have those, right? That's probably saved me from running into many a billboard. That gets us right back over there. And then, of course, now our, now our cars have the, uh, the lane departure sensors, too, you know, some of us. So. Um, but the thing is, 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 is it happens so slowly and so subtly, sometimes we don't even realize what's going on. But the truth is the same, right? Where you stare is where you steer. Where you look is where you lean. It's true on the road. And it's true on the path of life. What we look at, what we focus on, what we pay attention to, it can have a huge impact on where we're headed. On the habits that are formed in our lives that create the direction and the trajectory of our lives. Are you with me? So so if we want to continue down this path that leads to life, we need to make sure that we're looking at, we're, we're focusing on, we're paying attention to the things that lead to life. Amen? Uh, it, we know from last week, direction determines destination. But we also know from experience that, that distraction and discouragement can, can deter our direction, right? It can keep us from going in the direction that we want to go. How many of us have created a goal before? Maybe we've had some life goals and somewhere along the way, we were focused on those, but then we got distracted. And so we, we, we didn't realize it. Maybe it happened so slowly and so subtly, we didn't even realize it, but we, we gave up on that goal. Or, or we got discouraged, and so we, we gave up on that goal. Or maybe we even made a goal, but, but we reached that goal, and, and it, wasn't, it didn't bring us the fulfillment or the, the happiness or the thing that we wanted, and so we got disappointed. Uh, and so we decided not to, not to try again, not to make a new goal. Well, this morning, I want to encourage us as we think about what life goals look like in our life, in our life of faith, in our life together in Christ. Uh, I, want to, I want to share with you, I want to just invite you to, to stare at some scriptures that I think will, will help us not get discouraged and not get distracted. There are words all throughout God's word that, that encourage us to have a, a Christ-centered, a spirit-led perspective on life that reminds us of God's presence and power and provision in our lives. And so I want you to hear these, these passages today. The first one is Colossians chapter 3. This is the message version. It says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ... Act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You hear the perspective in these? 
Uh, the writer of Hebrews says, let's run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And so we fix our eyes, not on what's seen, but what's unseen. For what's seen is temporary, but what's unseen is eternal. Now these are just a few examples of how God's word encourages us to keep uh, the proper perspective that, that will protect us from discouragement. It will protect us from distraction. And disappointment. Now, this is the last time I'll mention it this morning, but that's why I put all these in our little sermon notes today, our daily scripture readings. Uh, there's one a day, and I would encourage you to read those so that it can encourage you as you're seeking to 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 follow that path this week to help. Maybe maybe they'll just be a little bit of a in your day to kind of bring you back over to the center and be reminded of of what that God is present, that God does care about you, that God is walking with you through whatever it is you're walking through this week. See, I believe that having a, a New Year's perspective has the power to, to bring us peace, even in the, in the distractions of life. It has the power to bring us perseverance in the difficulties of life. It has the power to give us purpose in the distractions of life. And the result, as we continue to to follow Christ, to continue on that path, not perfectly, but, but faithfully, then, then we begin to become that, that tree planted by the water that we read about just a minute ago, that, that sends out roots by the stream, that doesn't fear when heat comes, its leaves are always green, it has no worries, even in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. That's the fruit of, of following Christ. So what do you think? Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Well, I want to I leave you with this morning, um, this last little part here is really some, some practical application to all this. Because that might be the question next is, okay, well, how do you, how do you actually do this? How can, I, how can I take a next step that's attainable for me um, to keep my eyes on Jesus, to keep my heart and my mind fixed not on uh, things below, but on things above, on things unseen and not seen. How do we do this? So I've got got just uh, I've got three little shifts in our perspective that might help make a huge difference as we as we try to live out this idea of of having a new a new year's perspective, and they're on your sermon notes as well. Okay, that was the last time I'm going to mention it. The first one is take inventory of every moment. Psalm 90:12 says, "Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom." This is a passage that primarily is about uh, helping us gain perspective about how precious and fleeting life is, right? But I think it can also help us gain perspective on how we're spending each day of our lives. And so as it pertains to uh, this idea of perspective, I wonder if it might give us some wisdom and insight into how we're into what we're actually giving our attention and our affection to. Maybe a, first, a great first step for you would be to make a list of all the things 
that you're paying attention to right now, that you're focusing on, that you're giving your time and attention to. Yesterday at our men's breakfast, Pastor Lee uh, gave us a great devotional about uh, idols in our lives, and many of us confess that that in many ways this this can become an idol in our lives, the amount of time and attention that we give to our devices and the things that are on there. Um, I don't know about you, but my, my phone gives me a little weekly uh, update on how often I'm using certain things, and it's usually pretty discouraging and depressing uh, how much time I spend on, on each thing. Uh, but I wonder if we might think about that and, and take an inventory of how we're spending our times, all the things that we're looking at on a regular basis, what we're focusing on, and, and, and maybe reflect on, on what we're looking at, how it's impacting our outlook on life, our perspective, our worldview. Um, sometimes it happens, again, so subtly and, and so slowly, we don't even realize how our perspective is being impacted and the habits that we've created around those things. It might bring you to a place where you realize that that something needs to change, that maybe your, your lens needs to be cleansed so that you can allow the Holy Spirit to do the work in and through you that, that God wants to do. That's number one. Here's the second one. Number two is take captive every thought. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, we demolish arguments, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought, and we make it obedient to Christ. There are so many things in life that can distract us and discourage us from the knowledge of God and what God is doing in and through our lives, right? I've already mentioned a lot of things that are external, but, but there are a lot of things that are internal that can do that as well, right? Um, that's why it's so important for us to take captive of, of what's going on in our hearts and minds and make it obedient to Christ. Uh, one of the things I heard recently, uh, a quote from a counselor, it says, uh, don't just listen to yourself, talk to yourself. And, and I think what that means is that we have some control over the conversation uh, that happens in our minds and, and in our hearts. Sometimes we mistake the, the lies of the enemy for, uh, or what we might call our inner critic for our own voice or, or even the voice of God. And we get stuck in these negative thought patterns that create this negative perspective that, that really shades everything and everyone in our lives. And so that's why it's so important for us uh, to, to control the conversation, so to speak. Um, to a certain extent, we do have a choice in what we allow in our hearts and minds. And so what we need to make sure is that we're, we're feeding our minds and our hearts with the knowledge of God. Uh, the more we know who God is, the, the better we can discern the voice of God, his revelation to us, and, and maybe we can replace some of those negative repetitions with God's revelation in our lives. For example, we know from God's word and God's spirit and God's people that God speak wor speaks words of life, not death, right? We know that God speaks words of compassion, and conviction, but both of those are intended to give us confidence, not condemnation. So if you're hearing words of condemnation, those are not from God. So we need to take captive every thought, make it obedient to Christ, because Christ wants us to give us the confidence 
to move forward on that path that leads to life. He doesn't want us to be distracted or discouraged. He wants us to be devoted to following Jesus because Jesus came that we might have life and have it abundant. Amen? You've probably heard this quote before. I believe it's from Henry Ford. He said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. Right? It's that self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think how that applies to, to God's revelation is that God's word reminds us over and over again that we can. Not, not in our own strength, in our own power, our own resolve, but in the strength of our Savior, Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit. We can because God can. And we can do all things through him who gives us the strength. And so when we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ, when we're able to walk in obedience and confidence uh, that God is able to do immeasurably, abundantly, exceedingly beyond anything that we can hope for or imagine, that gives us the, the strength and the courage and the peace and the perseverance to take that next step and then trust God for the next step and the next step and the next step. That, that's what it looks like. It's not, it's not easy, right? But it, it involves just taking that next step and trusting God every step of the way. So take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So the third and final one is this. This, this one's the one that, that makes it really, really practical, okay? So we, we, um, we take inventory of every moment. We take captive every thought. Now it's time to make, make an actual goal. And, and what I put for number three here was make a smart goal that's gonna help you gain and keep a New Year's perspective this new year. Now, how many of you ever heard of smart goals before? Um, I love smart goals because... Um, well, one, it's an acrostic. It stands for something, right? There's a letter for each of these. Uh, SMART goal stands for this, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-based or time-sensitive. So let me give you an example of this, okay? So it has to be specific. So a goal, your goal wouldn't necessarily be, well, I need to pray more, right? Um, it would need to be measurable. Well, I, I want to spend 10 minutes in prayer this week. Um, it has to be achievable, right? If, if, you're, if you're praying five minutes a day right now, or maybe five minutes a week, uh, to say, okay, my goal is I'm going to pray for two hours every day this week uh, in the morning, and then two hours again at night, right? Like, that's probably not realistic. Maybe it is. I mean, God can do anything, but that might not be the most achievable goal for you to set. That, you might be setting yourself up for discouragement, um, it needs to be relevant, right? Maybe, maybe your, your prayer life is, is in a good place right now, and, um, but really it's your scripture reading. Or maybe it's not scripture reading. Maybe it's, uh, you know, you want to set a goal to, to serve more, to be more generous, or whatever it is. It's something that needs to be personal to you. And then finally, time-based. You need to put some, some parameters on it, right? I'm going to pray for five minutes three times this week. And here's, here's, here's the part where God's people are involved in it. I personally believe that we are much more likely to achieve a goal if we tell somebody about it. Um, if I tell you, hey, I'm gonna, I've got this goal this week and I want you to pray for me and I want you to encourage me um, and hold me accountable, then I'm much more likely to do it. Uh, if you've ever told someone you're gonna meet them at the gym, uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, if you're going by yourself, you're much, you're much more likely to go if you're gonna meet somebody there. And this is in some ways meeting someone there in that place. So, so I wanna encourage you to make a, make a smart goal this week that's gonna help you gain that, that New Year's perspective and keep it and, and tell somebody about it so that they can pray for you and, and, and encourage you on that journey. 
I want to give you just a few little examples of, of ones that I came up with. So this might be an example this week. This week I'm going to spend 30 minutes a day looking at, at Scripture or do some, some kind of devotional reading. Or, or maybe it's I'm going to wait at least 30 minutes before I look at the news or social media in the morning so that I can pray or, or, or read the Bible. Uh, maybe you want to use your phone instead of you know, looking through social media and, and checking the news. Maybe you want to open the Bible app. And, and they've got great plans in there. We'll get you on a, on a routine. And uh, it'll even send you reminders. It even allows you to invite friends to, to read together. Lily Brooks and I, my daughter, we're, we're doing a, a little verse a day, a chapter a day plan right now. And, and she's texting me notes and I'm texting her notes. And it's keeping me engaged uh, because I want to be there, not just for me, but for her. Uh, so maybe it's something like that for you. Maybe it's something like instead of uh, watching TV or scrolling the internet at night before you go to bed, you're going to get a journal out and, and write down your thoughts and reflect on them or, or want, ask what God's word has to say about them. Maybe it's something like instead of uh, laying in bed in the middle of the night and worrying about that situation at work or that circumstance that's outside your control, maybe you're going to pull out, maybe you want to pull out the, the church center app and pull up those daily uh, Bible verses and just read one of them. Before you go try to go back to sleep. I don't know what it is for you, but I want to encourage you to think of something that you can do this week that will allow God's word and God's spirit to give you peace, the peace and perspective and purpose that you're longing for here in this new year. I promise if you do it, make it specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time sensitive, but I promise if you'll take that step this week, I believe it'll be like, like my, my staff members talked about this week. It'll be a whole new world. You'll be amazed at, at the difference that you see when you start to look at, at everything and everyone, including yourself, from God's perspective. So what do you say? Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this opportunity for us to be together. I thank you for the power that that is in when people gather in your name. We, we, we listen to your word and we allow your spirit uh, to move in us and through us. I thank you for this time of worship today. And I pray, Lord, that these seeds that have been planted in our hearts and minds would grow and, and, and the leaves would, would grow and, and the fruit would be born for your kingdom in our lives, in our life together, so that we might offer it to those around us, Lord. I thank you that you created us in your image. Lord, I thank you that you shaped and formed our hearts and our minds. Lord, help us to, to, to give all that we are and all that we have to you so that you might do in us and through us what you intended or what you created and called us for. Lord, those places where we've gotten distracted or discouraged, Lord, I pray that you would meet us right there with your grace. Remind us of how much you love us. Remind us of the truth that sets us free, that it's not what we've done or haven't done. It's what you want to do in us and through us as we trust you and as we entrust to you all that we have and all that we are. So God, I thank you for this time. Continue to speak to our hearts as we sing this last song. And help us to respond. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we sing this closing song, the altar is open. If you'd like to come and pray this morning.
and, and ask God for some revelation or to lift up a, anything that's on your heart and mind today. If you want somebody to pray with you, I'd love to do that this morning. Just let me know. Uh, you may just want to stay in your seat today, and that's totally fine. Uh, but, but as we take these last few minutes of our service together, I just want to encourage you to, to allow God to, to speak to your heart and mind and, and to respond whatever way God's calling you today. Uh, but as we do that, let's stand and, and sing this closing song.